My guest today is 31-year-old voice actor and entertainment and media host, Raven Brinson. Hi, Raven. Hi, Paula. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Raven has more than a decade of professional experience in radio, TV, and digital commercial industries. She has been the voice of Wyndham Destinations, WeWork, and Volkswagen, to name a few, and currently hosts her own popular weekly podcast, Astro Candy, where she explores self-discovery through astrology, mysticism, and speaks to experts in all areas of personal development, including me as I was a recent guest. Raven is single and has recently moved to LA, California. She wants to know the most successful ways to meet high-value men who live in their masculine energy, who are looking for a genuine connection and long-term commitment, and wants my take on online dating. Raven feels that there are more men who, quote, want to be pursued and far fewer men who, quote, take the lead. Because of this, she doesn't go on many first dates and rarely goes on second dates. She hopes that our discussion today will give women in their 30s tips on holding space for friends who are marrying and starting families while remaining hopeful that one day all will happen for them too. Welcome, Raven. Thank you so much. That intro made me sound way cooler than I really am. So I appreciate you for that. Uh, and I'm so happy to be here and get your your dating and relationship advice. I mean, I could use it, obviously. That's why I'm talking to you today. So I appreciate it. You're so welcome. And I love it because you are willing to come on and actually most women, as you know, if you know my podcast, come on anonymously and we only do audio. So this is a real treat for me to be able to be looking at you and going back and forth. And you're so lovely, so talented, and we want to help you get what you want in your dating life. Me too. I really hope we can get there. You absolutely will. I'm big in manifestation. You are going to get there, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year, but it's going to happen. Thank you. I need someone else to be hopeful for me because I'm losing hope, Paula. <laughs> okay. So you just moved to LA. Tell me about that. So I have been in the midst of meeting new people, making friends. I've really taken socialization up a notch, going to parties, really anybody who asks me to do something. It's I've been a yes woman. Uh, I think that's really important in a new city. I've been to many new cities and had differing experiences. And I found that when you just sort of cannonball into the city and try to immediately make friends, establish a community and roots, it gets you where you want to go faster, which is just a sense of feeling like, you know, I, I have a home. So I've been doing that. I've been trying all sorts of things. I've, as far as dating, I've gone on speed dates. I've been on the dating apps. I have met people at these parties uh, that, you know, I've had conversations with to kind of vet and see, is this someone I want to date? So I've kind of done it all. Um, so it's been three months, almost four. And while I've met some incredible people, none have really been the right fit. It's a good place to begin because the right fit is what it's all about. 
how are you discerning about what would be even someone perhaps right and maybe be a Mr. Right? What's your way of kind of ferreting out what could be right and not? It's a great question. And I've had to get more and more clear on that as I've gotten older. But I think right now, given all my past experiences, I'm really looking for someone who has done the work on himself, has lived his life experiences, and is really looking to not just add me into his life as an afterthought, like just another trophy on the shelf or something, but to really come together and create and build a life together. And because of that, I sort of see him, this person, as someone who knows what he wants. He takes the lead. He's, you know, established in his career. He he basically has everything and just, I guess, where I am, like, wants that, you know, connect that partnership in life to come together and move forward. So I know that's more like maybe energy-based. I'm not looking for, you know, he has to be 6'2 and brown hair. Like, that's not at all it. I don't have really an age limit or anything. And maybe that's where I'm going wrong. I need to be more specific. I'm not sure. But I just know the type of energy I'm looking for. It's that masculine energy. It's someone who is pursuant, someone who is ready for a relationship, who's not just wanting to like, oh, have fun and see where this goes. I want it to be intentional. And I want it to be very clear from the moment we really start dating that this is this is to see if this will go somewhere and not just like, oh, I'm just having fun. Mm-hmm. It brings to mind a particular exercise I like to use for women who are trying to get clear on what it is that they want. Because I think the clearer you are about it, the less time you waste. Because if we really look at this almost like, and I don't mean to take it out of the realm of relationships, but if you were going to apply for a job, you would have a pretty small list of criteria for that job, meaning the area where it is, how much it's going to pay, what are the benefits, um, and are you going to get fulfillment from it? That kind of thing, right? But everybody would have a little bit of a different list than someone else. And so when you get really clear, you can also get more clear in terms of manifesting what it is that you want. And I think of a client of mine that I worked with for many years because she got out of a divorce and a unhappy marriage. She was living in a place that she was not part of the culture and very difficult dating possibilities where she was. And pretty much even I, who am big into manifestation and you can get what you want, I felt it was underneath, of course, not saying that, but I did feel this is pretty bleak. It's not at all going to be easy. And so she was dating someone that he kind of fit the bill, but it was difficult. And after a time, using our approaches and strategies to attempt to make it the best it could possibly be. It just really was clear that there wasn't going to be 
any kind of an easy road here. I think with the man addictions and different things, and it just wasn't going to work. So we just decided to go wholeheartedly into manifestation. She was got very clear on exactly what it is that she wanted and put it out there in a manifestation way. And in a month's time, in a unique way that we would have never thought would happen, when she did this activity, when she went, um, I don't want to give away, you know, too many of the things here, but when she did something that had to do with her business that had nothing to do with looking for a partner, he appeared. I mean, literally, it was like he appeared. I'm thinking of this because she was married this weekend. And that was only last year at this time when they met. And they just got married a year later. So it, it absolutely can happen. That positive mindset is going to be a major part of it. And then the other part is the approaches the different strategies, etc. If you're game, I would love to do the little exercise because it would possibly lead you to some new mm, understandings of, okay, I got to hone down on this and get very, very clear. The clearer I get, the better I'll be. Are you up for doing it? I am up for doing it. I am a huge believer in manifestation. I have lived my life based on manifesting and I'm very curious to work with you on this because I have casted many a man assessed list where I do have some criteria and I'm just wondering if maybe I'm not being specific enough or, and I think that might be the issue is sometimes I come at things from a way of like, well, I don't want to ruin any possibility of this person, mm. you know, I leave it a little too general, a little too broad in the name of like including everyone, which that's just absolutely not how you find the one. But yeah, I would love to do that with you because I think it will help me get even more clear on mm -hmm. you know, this person that I'm looking for. Great. So right here we have to, I have to go and get an, a sheet of paper Okay. And this is, you know, girlfriends can do this. And the reason I love this and I love that you're going to do it um, on camera is because girlfriends can do this together. And I think it's a wonderful thing to do with your girlfriend. And I just have to get that uh, paper. So hold on for one second. Okay. All right. So excited. Let's go. Okay, cool. So um, my assistant here is going to put on the stopwatch for 90 seconds. This is very simple. And this is something you can do, again, girlfriends, you can do it on the phone with each other. This is great. You don't have to be on Zoom. You don't have to look at each other even. It's so good. And Raven, you don't need to be looking at me. If you want to close your eyes to do it, you can do that. It's just going to be this simple. When I say go, and again, we're going to set the stopwatch for 90 seconds, I want you, without any filter at all, to give me the list of what you most want in your Mr. Right. Physical, into anything at all. Ready? Without thinking. Ready? Go. Okay, I would love him to be a little bit taller than me, maybe like darkish hair. 
Um, I would want him to have maybe more of an entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe he owns businesses or is in like the finance space or just something more like money savvy. Um, I want him to have gone to therapy. I want him to have an understanding of who he is and what he's looking for. I want him to be decisive. I want him to love me for all of me and accept me for who I am, supportive, strong, emotionally available, but also emotionally mature. Um, someone who likes to have fun, I can laugh with, I can enjoy outdoorsy things. Like I love to go hiking. Maybe he loves to be by the beach like I do. Um, someone who wants to build a life together, someone who is, uh, oh gosh, stable, reliable, someone I can count on, um, loving, loyal, faithful, all of the staples, of course. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. All right. We got our 90 seconds. Sweating. No, no, no. You did good. That was scary. Now we have to do the last part of the exercise okay okay so now we're going to take three minutes i'm going to go back over your list i want you to close your eyes okay and i'm going to read everything to you and you just take it in and once i've read them to you i'm going to ask you a quick question and off the top of your head i want you to give me the answer okay meaning you don't have to think about it much. All right. Are we ready? Okay, go. You would like him to be taller, darkish hair, entrepreneurial spirit, who is money savvy. He's gone to therapy and worked on himself. He's decisive. He loves you for you. He's accepting, supportive emotionally available, mature, likes to have fun. He likes the outdoors, things like hiking and the beach. He wants to build a life together. He's stable. You can count on him. He is loving, loyal, playful. First question, is there anything now that's missing from that list? Um, I don't, I don't really think so. Okay. I, I feel like I've made so many lists, but I think I'm pretty, I've narrowed it down to these. I think that's a good. Okay. So now, very quickly, I want you to pick from that list your four must-haves. Okay. I would say the biggest one would be loves and accepts me for who I am without trying to change who I am. So that's one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, three more. Wants to build a life together. I do not want to have to squeeze into someone's idealistic version of how they want their life. I want them to want to be a partnership. Um, emotion, uh, I don't know if you can tie these together. They're kind of the same emotionally mature and available to me. Feels like they've done the work. Mm -hmm. That 
And I really want him to be a leader in the relationship. He leads in it, really all the ah. facets of, of the okay. relationship. Okay. So we did that in the time allotted. We have only 10 seconds left, so we did it. It's as simple as that. But here's the thing. It's only four. Mm-hmm. And the reason... I do this exercise is because we tend to have a long list. You had about maybe 15 to 17 things on the list. But if you get four, you're really lucky. Really? Okay. Well, those Anything are my non-negotiables. <laughs> exactly. Anything else is a bonus. But if you get those four, and that's why we have to get really clear on those four, Because, you know, you said taller and dark hair, right? But that isn't in the four. So what can happen is we meet somebody with those four things and then he's not, oh, he's not tall. He doesn't have dark hair. We're not as attracted. But he has those four things. You see? So it makes it really important to hone in on them and not get distracted with other shiny objects. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like we got to the core, the root, the essence of this person without putting them in so much of a box that they have to meet the exact height requirements, eye color, you know, financial, like whatever it is. So it makes my job easier, I guess, uh, in the long run. <laughs> it's just, okay, one, two, three, four. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just an interesting exercise for everyone to do because if you can do it apart from anybody who might be in your life kind of tangentially, like, oh, well, I started dating this guy. Or if you do this exercise and you realize, oh, well, he has none of these four, you're really not going to be as fulfilled, perhaps over the long run. See, the four are like the core four. Without those, something will likely be missing. In other words, if he was taller, he had dark hair, he had an entrepreneurial spirit, he was savvy about money, um, he's decisive, accepting, but he doesn't love and accept you as you are without without trying to change you. If he doesn't want to build a life together, I mean, there you go, right there, right? If he isn't emotionally mature and done work on himself, say, and that he's not leading. And that you came up to, which is interesting, when we did the four, you realized, oh my gosh, I want him to lead. Yeah, that one's increasingly important to me after I gave it a little thought. Good. So... It's, it's very important to hone in on that. And then, of course, it's keeping that in mind when dating and initially when dating, when you see that mm, maybe those things aren't going to be there. It also makes it, I think, really clear for us when we are out on dates, if we look at it under those core four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, just thinking back on on my dating experiences, at least in LA, that's really where I've been doing a lot of my dating. 
I am honestly having a hard time finding anyone meeting those four. And it could just be because I'm, you know, just going on first dates, but I don't know. I feel like I covered quite a bit of ground with the people I'm going on dates with. They are older in that they would be in that stage of life where they're ready to find their partner and settle down and they're just not making the cut really. So it's, it's just a little discouraging. I, I think I am very resilient when it comes to career and like, oh, that didn't work out, but I'm ready to move on. But when it comes to relationships and dating, I get very easily discouraged by not seeing what I'm looking for right away or like, I don't know how to explain it. I'm just a little less resilient. I think it is helpful to think about it in this way. Likely, when it's about career, you feel like you have total agency and it's in your control. Yes. But when it's about dating relationships, you don't feel like you have as much control over it. Yes. And I would go as far to say that as somebody who is very not, I don't want to say I'm success driven, but I don't want to fail. That's more really what it is. I don't want to fail. So because I can control work, I can control whether I fail or not. But in a relationship, you know, you can only meet someone so far, like they have to do the other half. I can't pick up that other half, but I internalize that then as a failure on my part. Mm-hmm. So that's also, I guess, maybe some avoidance or feelings hurt there when things aren't really stacking up or going somewhere. I'm like, dang, I, another failure. <laughs> ah, okay. So I would hope you can reframe that under the lens of, okay, I'm one step closer to my guy. That's great. I love that. I've been putting post-it notes all over my apartment in hidden places as affirmations, just, you know, to keep the vibes high. So I will, I will write one that says that one, mm-hmm. one step, one day closer to finding my guys. So that will, that will help for sure. Good. So let's talk about online dating. Yes. Are you online is the question first. Um, I'm on apps, uh, Raya and Hinge. Mm -hmm. They're very different, and I have gripes about them both. Um, Raya, very superficial. It's a lot of people who have money and status and fame, and that's feels like that's all they want is some... um, Let's just say the dates that I've gone on from Raya, it seems like the men are insecure enough to just tell me all the things that they've achieved and accomplished and what they have, like I'm supposed to be impressed. And that's not what I'm looking for. So it's just like, okay, (laughs) you have your own insecurities to work through. I'm not the one. Move on. And then with Hinge, I became overwhelmed with Hinge because I would get a lot of people swiping on me or hearting my pictures or whatever. I had so many notifications, but Hinge won't let you see them all at once. You have to go through and hit X or yes yourself one by one. So I have basically like 150 notifications. I kid you not. And I'm just like paralyzed 
by these decisions and then I have that way of thinking that's like well what if I swipe x on the the one just because of their profile picture or this stupid prompt or whatever so I kind of I kind of seized up and paused my profile and haven't really looked back on hinge (laughs) so I think it's helpful when you're in a position like that and yes being your age and in a market like LA, you're going to get that many hits. What you just described, it can be overwhelming. And women come to me about that all the time. And like, what do I do? And you know, I have the One Love dating online course. I give a lot of tips there about how to handle these particular situations, mostly about making sure that you're meeting only men who are going to mostly, I mean, within a range, possibly fit your criteria so that you don't waste time. I, unlike most dating coaches, it's not about the number of men you meet. You're only looking for one. (laughs) It doesn't mean that if you meet in other areas of life, it might correlate. But if you meet 10 real possibilities, that's much better than just meeting a hundred men. Those 10 might have been in there in that hundred, but you don't want to have the experience of those hundred dates because 90 of them are not going to be right. And it's going to make you feel uncomfortable about online, not wanting to do it. And people are meeting and marrying from online. So we want to be able to use it as the tool that it is. And it it's, can be a very good tool when we as women, and this may sound odd to you, but in the beginning, before we've met him, we lead the way. So until that first meeting happens, I call it a first meeting because we don't want it to be what we think of as women as a date. It's a first meeting. And we lead it to that first meeting in a feminine way, but a very value-based way. So this makes the, the ones we don't want kind of go away. And that certainly is what we do want. So f- the first thing we think of is that you're getting all of these hits. Is that you really want to go through quickly with gut feeling of look at yes, no, or maybe each one. Yes, no, maybe. And fast. Don't be thinking about it. So if it's yes or maybe, yes. If it's a no, left, right? So that helps in terms of not going into your head. And you can think of it if even that is a little overwhelming. It could be, yes, would I ever want to catch his eye in a crowd. It can be that simple. If it's a no, it's a, it's a definite no, right? Even if it seems uh, he's like good on paper or the profile is good or something like that. Just very simple to not waste your time and to feel productive online. The second is when you put up a profile is to be on there at least three times a day. Anything less, the algorithms 
don't work in your favor because they want you to be on there and using it. And the algorithm is going to put you in front of the best candidates, the best candidates. And that's usually the top 10%. The statistic is that online, 10% of the men online get all of the action. Only 10%. That leaves the 90% not getting the action. So you can think of that in a number of ways. The top 10% are generally the most appealing physically. That means generally taller, certain that they have hair, different you know characteristics that, right? The 90%, you know, we want to look at if you're having even more trouble than saying, would I want to meet this person eye to eye? Another really good tip is to think about when you're scrolling is to actually have in your mind, there's something about this person that is interesting. What might that be? And if you really can't come up with anything, it's a left. But that can be helpful too, just to kind of get you over the hump. Then the most important thing is deciding if you want to take that first step of like, I'm not sure with Hinge, but depending on whether you pay or not, there's these paywall stuff. Do you as a woman have to make it known that you, that you like the guy, like with a heart or a like or a whatever, or does he do it first? I'm not sure with Hinge. Yeah. So it's a culmination. Whoever really gets the profile in front of them first can respond to a prompt that you said, or send a rose or a heart. So that's kind of what I was looking at, meaning I wasn't doing the head hunting of going through my profile and seeing who was coming up for me. I was actually already seeing who was interested in me. And I even went a little further than that. And I would love to hear your take on this, but I gave priority to the men who would respond to a prompt with actual words or, you know, he's engaging in my profile and not just sending a heart, which meant I had to ignore a lot of attractive men, but I just, I want someone taking a little more initiative than, and be a little more serious about it. So would you, would you give me that a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Am I on the right I track? like it. You like it? Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because there's a lot of the old term, you know, for uh, buying a new car, there are a lot of tire kickers. You know, of course, you're beautiful. He's going to swipe right. He's going to maybe, oh, oh, just my type and sends a flower or the, the rose or whatever. And it, it's meaningless. So somebody who takes the time to write, absolutely. He's already stepped, you know, one tiny step up the ladder. So yes, I like it a lot. Here's the thing that I think is the most difficult is that we as women expect that men will know what to do and be very appropriate as they would be outside meeting organically. 
And the problem with that is that I call online the Wild West of dating because there weren't any laws. You know, people just went and grabbed a piece of land and that was theirs. And, you know, nobody knows really, there's no real protocol is what to do. I mean, the apps tell you what to do, but you have to take it from there. And men have been caught so many times doing what is wrong for that particular woman that worked for many others. And so they tend not to do anything or the least, they take the path of least resistance or whatever. So the problem is many will just send you one word, a hi, which, you know, is very annoying to most women. It's like, seriously, you can't put more effort than that. The problem is that they've spent a lot of time and you'll get the opposite guy who you can tell has copied a form note and sends it to everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're looking for that in between, which is nice if you get it. But neither one just by the high or the form letter is necessarily going to be the wrong. You just have to make your discernment from going and looking at the profile, seeing what he answers you when you answer back, if you choose to answer back. There's also a lot of bots, meaning they're not real guys. And I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. In your age range, probably not so many. They have to sell. They're selling something. So they have to have inventory and lots of it. But the inventory isn't always real. And if you are getting a lot of hits, you're probably okay that there aren't many bots in there. But if you live in an area where there's not a big chance for inventory, so say you're in Kansas, way outside of Kansas City, maybe two hours from the nearest town, think about how many hits you would get, you see, because of your area. So they might put a few more in there to just entice you to stay on the app and continue because you will meet somebody real. Okay. That does happen. But the most important thing is that you get the man to the first call. The call is seriously important to do a number of things. And that is to set you as high value. There really isn't too much worse you can do online than to go and meet a man just from texting on the app or even from going from texting on the app to texting on your phone. And if you know anything about my course, I also recommend certainly get a burner number so you don't use your real number and you want to set it up in a very easy breezy way. You've been back and forth chatting on the app and you just say, hey, Tom, I know we've been going back and forth here. I'm one to believe that uh, one quick phone call to introduce ourselves is worth 100 texts. I'm game if you are. I'm free now for a few minutes or tonight after eight. And then you give them your number, that burner number. And that shows 
you taking the initiative, it will feel different. You could feel like, oh, wow, that's really forward. I want him to take the lead. But remember, until he's met you, meaning you've sat down in person and met, you can do this to show him how the dating world is in your wild west so that he can be giving you what it is that you like. Some women, I'll only meet for coffee. Others, you only take me to a five-star restaurant. Others, I won't meet you until I've had 10 phone calls. I mean, the man has no idea what it's going to be for you. And when you give him the experience of, this is how easy and breezy it is for us to move up, he either does it or he won't. If he won't, hey, great, you just didn't waste your time on that. If he does, now you get to A, hear his voice, hear how he presents himself. Does he have any sense of humor? Is he a dumb as a box of rocks? I mean, you, you see what I mean? You find out on that 20-minute phone call whether you want to get all prettied up to go in a meeting with him. Because it's not so easy for us to go on a meeting as it is a guy. Mm-hmm. He shaves, has his clothes, that, that's it. It's not really that big a thing. But for us, if like I didn't do my nails, my hair is the my roots, I don't know, whatever it is, right? It's just you want your time to feel good. Even if he's not the one, at least it was a possibility because the more that you can have, oh, well, that was good and close. Psychologically, it shows, well, that means there's going to be more. Yeah. But every time you have one of those, oh, God, oh, God, meetings, it's not good. You don't want to get discouraged because yeah. there are meetings which lead to dating and all the time for me, marriages absolutely happens. Yeah. So I have a couple questions based on what you've said and just making sure like I'm proceeding the best way. So it's not necessarily taking the lead. If I present him with the opportunity to do more, right? I think well, that's maybe where I am a little bit black and white. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be the pursuer, but I think if I do the phone call or, you know, I've said before, like, oh, if you're around, you know, I'd love to meet you or something for a drink and like the balls in their court. The other question I had is regarding age. This is something I did not necessarily anticipate coming to Los Angeles in that there's so many older men. And I've really been, I've never really shied away from older men. I think the oldest I've, well, the oldest person I've been on a date with was 20 years older than me. Mm. But the, the older, the oldest person I've actually, you know, had a type of relationship with was 13 years older. And so I'm kind of seeing in the dating app world, especially on Hinge, is it's a lot of older men. And, and even when I was, I was actually just out at this hotel the other night and a bunch of older men, uh, like some of them have hearing aids 
Oh, wow. We're like, you're so beautiful. Let me buy you a drink. And you know, that's not going to go anywhere. But I was like, yes, I will definitely take a free dirty martini. But what I'm saying is I'm, I'm noticing an influx of the older guys that I really just, I would like to ideally find someone who's in their thirties. Of course, I don't want to date 20 years older than me, but those are the ones I'm having the hardest time finding. And yes, they're on the apps, but the ones who are sending those extra messages where it's like, oh, Raven, I like your profile. And I see that you're interested in those are the older men who are 50 plus. So I don't, I'm a little like, why aren't the guys my age being that forward? You know, so what are your thoughts on that? And and I know it's a personal choice who you did, who you date based on their age, but what do you think in my situation and what I'm looking for would be the best course of action? I think online. Yeah. Is to cap it. For sure. So, and you pick the cap, whatever that is. I don't care if the cap's only five years older. Because you're 31, I would think a 10-year is tops. Just my opinion for you. The issue with the age thing in, in the 30s age range for men is one that I think we as women can help with. But statistically, men in their 20s and 30s are dropping out of dating altogether. And this is very disconcerting to me. And in a city like LA, and I would dare say the cities on the coasts, those types of cities, and even like a Chicago, Dallas, what's happening is the culture is more towards a man should have it all together, great job, have a house, be ready to settle down in terms of his finances, and he's got it all together, or he's undateable. And that's an unfortunate thing, because studies also show that the couples who stay together have usually gone through building something together. Mm. So, but but many men now, more so than ever, are feeling like, I'm trying to compete against that top 10% who get all the hits and all the likes because they've got the car, they stand in front of the car in their picture, or, you know, they've got the high degree, and they're six feet two, and but they've got it all going on. And so the gem of a guy that has the qualities you're looking for, he is going to need a little bit more encouragement, for lack of a better word, <laughs> that it's okay to approach someone that looks like me because I'm looking for inner qualities more than anything else. Now... If you put that in your profile, you're going to like get even more than your 150 hits all the time, you know, but again, it's in your control and it's a yes, no, maybe, and you go through it quickly and know by the manifesting, the universe is bringing you him 
you just have to be out there accepting a little bit what's coming to you with discernment. So guiding him to how you want this to go just initially is incredibly helpful. I've had women say when they've done the course that it's helped them have like a formula so they don't have to think so much about each and every, I can just do it and I get to the phone call and I decide on that phone call whether or not I want to meet him. Because if he's great on the profile and, you know, he looks cute and whatever, but you talk to him and his voice, you know, is higher than mine, it's not going to sit right with you. Or he has absolutely no sense of humor or he's abrupt. You can easily like, and there's just a sentence that rolls off your tongue that I have in the course. He says, would you like to meet? You know, John, so glad that you called. That's what it's all about. Online is about meeting new people and seeing if it's a fit. I don't feel that we would be, but thank you again for taking the time. And I don't want to waste your time. So I'm going to say good night here. And again, thanks for calling. You hang up because you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste his. Nothing good is going to come from, he says, well, can I text you again? No. End it there. Because you don't want a lot of back and forth. You also don't want a lot of back and forth in text prior to that first meeting. Nothing good comes of that. You want that first meeting to be as close to the phone call as possible. As long as the first meeting is not on Saturday night or Sunday night. Energetically, terrible nights for first meetings. Just don't want to do it. There is a sweet spot of where to go and what time. Happy hour after work. Even if you don't drink. Happy hour after work. For first meeting. If he wants to date you after that, you will know it and he will ask you. In terms of the age, again, I think that what is happening is those men have nothing to lose <laughs> and they, you know, they just throw it out there. They have nothing to lose. They have the money to throw around and they get to spend, because you know my book. So the older man that had the hearing aid, this is coming up, it's like you want to say, seriously, dude? I mean, seriously? Dude? <laughs> right. However, here's the other thing. There are women, I know from being in New York City, that there were women from all manner of different countries, absolutely stunning, who would be out, they're young, they're gorgeous, and they are going to places to meet those men. That man with the hearing aid (laughs) because of his money. And they don't have, men don't have the discernment. They don't know by looking at you that you're not a Russian beauty who is going to be with him for money, say. And when I say Russian, meaning because many women who from economic necessity are here in major cities and they will have to do that kind of thing in order to get along. 
It's painful, but it happens. So the man doesn't know. That's all. And he has nothing to lose by doing it because the money for your dirty martini means nothing to him. And he gets to be around a pretty puppy. <laughs> pretty puppy. Yeah. Right? That's right. So I, I am on the apps, like I said, and have gone on a couple few dates from the apps. And also I'm putting myself out there in these social circles as well. That's more of where people are my age and also kind of experiencing the same things I am and at the same point in life as well. And like I said, I was doing this speed dating, but no one has shown to be the one, which is fine. And I was just wondering where in real life are places to go to meet someone that they would also be apt to talk to me because I'm not saying like I'm intimidating. I'm not saying that, but very few people come up to me ever and ask for my number or anything like that, or even just to conversate or say anything. And my best friend would tell you it's because I've got rest, a resting bitch face <laughs> and I'm not. I don't see that. I guess when I'm out, I'm not as disarming. Um, you know, when I'm with a solid group of people or one-on-one -on -one or something, I can be my open self, but maybe at a bar, I'm just not. I don't know. She would say that. Um, but yeah, I just don't really know. I like to be out. I'd prefer to meet someone in person, not saying I, I mean, I fully intend to re-download Hinge after this, but where are those places or how do I present as more approachable? I don't know to encourage someone to start a conversation? Well, the number one thing is if you catch eye contact is to smile. Smile is the number one thing. Are you, when out, because you're getting so many eyes on you, are you feeling like, oh, I just want to, I just want to keep everyone away except who I might want to approach me? Is it that feeling at all? That's a good question. I think when my energy centers are open, I'm just open to whatever really comes my way. Um, I don't think I like shut down and then open up for someone specifically. But there have been times where I've gone to a bar and have been closed off on purpose because I don't want the interaction at all. But usually if I go out like this past weekend, I was fully open and sitting alone and like ready to be talked to. And, you know, I got the, the older man, my grandfather, <laughs> but there was another very attractive guy who was probably in his late thirties. And I don't know a story. I didn't see his, his left hand. That's usually how, you know, um, but I was just like, you know, open, friendly, smiling, thinking he would come over and he didn't. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, what? I, that could be anything, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like a matter of getting the right people also to come. It's usually pretty open, I think. Okay, that's good. And what I heard that is music to my ears is that you go out alone. Mm. Anybody hearing this? That is the number one thing that men ask for and want is for you to wow. be out alone. And it to me, it's so clear as to why. If you go with your girlfriend 
and you sit there at the bar with her and we're going to get into our conversation and be really close and we kind of have this bubble around us, right? Except when the bartender comes up occasionally or whatever. It's very hard for a man to break through that and start up a conversation because he feels like he's interrupting your night out, okay? Second thing is, he may want to get to know one or the other of you, and that other person, if it's you or if it's her, kind of gets in the way, so to speak, because it's very uncomfortable for a man who's a good man to go to two single women and just laser focus on one of them, make the other feel uncomfortable, He's got to buy both of you a drink. That's usually not the issue because he'd be happy to buy both of you a drink. But it's uncomfortable. He's trying to make headway with you, say, and he's leaving the friend out. It feels not so right to a good man. Actually, being out alone is the number one thing because they feel they can come up and talk to you. As far as places... The number one thing is that you like the place and are comfortable. Mm. Because you see, where you go and you are comfortable, that means men who are going to be there are of your milieu, so to speak. So if you're only comfortable, right, at a, you know, very high-end place where, you know, the minimum drink or whatever is going to start at $30, then you don't want to be going to any other place just because, yeah, you might meet some other men there because the men you're going to meet are there. If it's the opposite, you're, you know, very down to earth and you're only really comfortable going to, you know, I don't know, a bar at Fridays, something like that, then go there. But go where you are really comfortable so he can feel you are comfortable there. There's a couple of tips for women. The first is make sure you're getting up and moving. Now, this is interesting because men actually take note. If you get up and use the ladies room a few times, like it, it, it helps him to actually get up when he sees you get up to get up and be like waiting in the restroom line and then you come out. Hi, how are you? Because he might be sitting the whole other end of the bar. So that's helpful. Also, that talking to other men, even if it's that older man, the bartender, the staff, and here's why. Because if you're talking to them, you're going to be approachable. You're friendly. You're not closed off. So it's not like you're on your phone scrolling and the bartender's like, and you're like, yeah, no, no thanks. And you go back to your phone. No, it's like, you know, put down the phone like, how's your night? Yeah. To the bartender. How's your night? How's, how's business been? Talk to the bartender. Because in that little conversation with him, then, you know, Johnny over here might chime in like, oh, he's kidding you. He's... You know, don't believe him. He doesn't pour good drinks and he's this or that. And then there's something there, you see? So anytime you can interact with the staff is helpful. It makes the man see that you are approachable. One tip that I give in my actual online program, I call it my Nick's best thing to online dating strategy. 
And that is because I was a fan of the Knicks. I would go after work during basketball season when the Knicks were playing to a nice sports bar, have dinner at the bar, not at a table. Has to be at a bar because a man's not going to get up and come over to you at a table. That's too intrusive. Get something at the bar and have a drink and watch the game. I would actually go into the nice places I like and say, are you going to be showing the, the game tonight? And park myself. And because I was genuinely interested in that game and got into it, men found that to be interesting because I'm there alone and they can tell I didn't come here to meet guys or get free drinks. I actually took myself out after work and I'm in work attire to watch the game. And then, oh, they see we have something in common. Well, how about that new center or whatever, right? And because I could talk about it as well, they found it interesting. So whatever the sport is, it can be tennis, golf, football, baseball. If you're truly into it, and even if you've never looked into it, maybe think about it. Because men love their sports. They do. That's for sure. I actually um, picked up golf over the summer. And I found that to be a pretty great place to interact with guys who are honestly what I'm looking for. That and airport lounges are probably some of the best places to meet people because they're also in like a chatty mood because they're going somewhere too. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Everywhere. I mean, men are everywhere. I think anytime you feel you could ask for help. Yeah. Right? Even if it's at the grocery store and you know exactly where, where the canned peas are, you know exactly where they are. But to ask and go up and say, you know, I, do you know, I can't find the can aisle. Do you know the can aisle? I can't find it. It's the way you approach it. Because another thing we have to know as women that men are hunters. We're the gatherers. So we see everything. And many times you'll be in a grocery store, say, and a Whole Foods, whatever it is. And you'll see a guy who's really cute. And he might even pass you in the aisle and you exchange glances. But he won't do anything. Happens all the time. Too often. (laughs) Here's the reason. Men don't read social cues like women do. And here's what's going on for him. She's here shopping. That means she's just looking for groceries and nothing else. I don't want to appear jerky. Look at her. She's probably with somebody. I'm going to come off as creepy and weird approaching her in the supermarket. And there can be other ones in there too. Because mostly they are also in hunter mode for food and whatever they're getting. And their brains don't switch as easily as ours, even though they may give you that smile or that look. So that's another version of go ahead and take the lead, so to speak, on just saying something. And it can be a compliment. So he's walking by and you're going the other way or whatever. And you're like, I just have to say, that's a great tie. That's all. 
Yeah. He'll pick it up from there, most likely, right? Or my, yeah, something that is not about necessarily, like, it's so crowded here, or, um, you know, do you come to the store a lot, or, you know, something like that. More like, wow, those are really cool shoes. A compliment. It gets you everywhere. It wasn't about him or his looks. It was something he picked out. That's also showing you like his taste. It can be very helpful. I think what I've learned mostly from this conversation is not to be so rigid in thinking about leading. And it's more about this giving people an open. So that is helpful. Give him an open and then... Once you go on the first date, then that's it. Then you totally pull back. You thank him there if he paid for the meeting, the date, whatever. You thank him there. If he texts, this is a, this is a big one. He says, text me that you got home okay. No. No. If he's interested, that's a way out for him to try to get, will you make that first mm move towards me. Don't do it. You just say, okay, you forgot. Yeah. Make him reach out. Hey, did you get home? Okay. Or the next day he'll write, Hey, I had a nice time. I hope you got home. Okay. Now that's fine to answer. You see? So, so oh, no, yes. no follow-ups. Not if he asks you to do that. Because think about it. He should be the one checking that you got home okay. Meaning, he asked you, text me, I want to make sure you got home okay. Well, if you want to make sure you got home okay, you can text me. You see? But you don't say that. Because then he'll wonder. You know, the whole reason this podcast is called Make Him Wonder is because men love through wondering. They fall in love through wondering. So if we're not making them wonder, then they're not actively falling. They fall in love through the action of pursuit of your time, attention, and affection. That's how they fall. So we have to give them that chance and let them do that first reach out. Okay. Yeah. And may, maybe I went wrong there a couple dates. Just in that, like, the thank you. Do you, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Like, the follow-up thank you, like, I had a good time. Not necessary at all. So, you say it there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he says, this, I also like this technique, which I give in the course. So, he says, it's a first meeting. And he says, um, well, would you like to do this again? One sentence, roll off your tongue. Oh, that might be nice. Uh, shoot me a text and we could figure it out. You heard I said might. And you did not give him a definitive answer there. He's going to want to get the definitive answer. That is just a slight, very subtle technique of wonder. He may even pick up on it, and some men do. That might be nice. Well, do you or don't you? As I said... It might be nice. Shoot me a text and we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Play. Play. 
don't give them the, because you see many men, how many times, and every woman's had this in her life at some point, a guy says, give me your number and you never, ever hear. These days, men are giving me their number, you know, and that annoys me. That's even worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's happened. That's a whole other thing. If they ask you for your number and they don't call, and this happens all the time. See, it's not the calling that they want to do. It's not the texting that they want to do. It's not even the follow-up that they want to get. They want the act of right then and there, the fulfillment of you gave him your number. That alone satiates the need. Interesting. It checks out. They are pursuers. They want to know right then and there. So anytime you can play some kind of little delay in giving them the number. So a guy just meets you, he comes up at a bar and he wants your number very quickly. You say, I really, I don't want to give you my number. I don't really want to. In a fun, flirty way. And he's like, what do you mean? Why not? And I'll say, I just met you. My numbers, my digits. And he'll say something else. And you say, all right, if you get, and the bartender probably knows, how many different brands of scotch there are, and you get the number, I'll get you my number. And you play that little game. You get the bartender over. It's fun, right? And you say, how many scotch are there? And he gives you the number. And he's, okay. And he has to guess. And you're like, no peeking, no peeking. And he guesses. He gets it wrong, but now you've just played a little game and he'll remember you and then you can say, all right, all right, I'm a softie. Yeah, here, you got my number. Something like that. Just something different than just giving him the number. And the another big thing, do not give him your phone to put the number in. Do not have him give you his phone and you put the number in. In other words, he hands you the phone and says, here, give me your number. No, I'll give you my, my, I'll give you my number. And you give him back the phone. And then you say, it's, you know, 646-298, whatever. The action of him doing it, you're not going to do the work for him. Subtle. They're very, very subtle things. But we don't really have to do that much to get the man's wonder up. Because all the time, especially if they're good at it, they're getting a lot of attention. Remember that 10%? They're getting a lot of it and it's meaningless to them because they can get it any day, anyhow, anywhere. I don't know if I answered the question. You did. I did. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I want to thank you for doing this because these were a lot of questions that really don't get asked very much Mm. on the podcast. Normally, I'm working with one woman who has a relationship. She's wanting to take it to the next level or, you know, anything from friends with benefits to wanting to take it to a relationship, a relationship that she wants fully committed and not getting. So this is interesting because I think it's a combination of the manifestation and doing what speaks to what 
men need, which is typically antithetical to what we need in it. And many men are not understanding of the fact that women like the leading. But here's one thing I will also leave you with. I tell all of my clients who are just dating and doing the One Love course that you're not looking for a man with great dating skills. You're looking for a man who's a great relater. Dating skills and relationship skills are skill sets for two different jobs. Totally. When he doesn't know that he should be getting reservations and picking you up in the car and being exactly at seven and telling you what to wear because it's going to be this kind of place and blah, blah, blah. Those are great dating skills. Great daters know how to do that. A man who is a gem of a guy and a really good guy may not have any of those skills. But which of those skills can be guided and taught most readily? Definitely dating skills. Yeah. One thing I almost forgot to bring up, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, where you said that a lot of the people who come on are in certain relationships and, you know, you probably just don't talk to many just single dating people. And there are so many in my, not so many, but I have surrounded myself right now in my life with more single women than in a relationship, just because I feel like we're on I'm on a little bit of a different life path than my friends who are now married and starting families. The the complaints amongst us single ladies is just like, oh my gosh, dating is so hard. Like, so you've answered a lot of these questions, which is I'm gonna tell them to listen to this episode because every question I've had, they have, and you've answered it. The other one I want to throw out there is how to navigate. Being in a time of your life that is different than most other people in your life. Like I said, a lot of my friends are at least married, at least engaged, definitely married, and now on their way to one, two, three children. And it's we're in different stages of life. I mean, they love hearing my crazy LA dating stories, but they can't relate. I cannot relate them wiping butts and noses like I just and so it's like how do I show up to these weddings I have coming up next year holding space with a smile on my face and being happy for my friends who have what I want and hope and still and still hope that I can find it without feeling resentful I'm trying to combat resentment because I genuinely want, I want that. I don't want to be 31 and single. Like, this is not an episode of Sex in the City. This is my life. And I would rather be in a relationship. So how do I hold that space for them and, and for myself? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. I think it's a couple of things. The first is that because they are your friends or have been close to you, I would dare say there's likely more similarities between you fundamentally than there are differences. You're both women. You're both at certain of certain stage in your life, certain age range. You have certain set of values. Maybe it's 
uh, even where you grew up or went to college or worked together and you have a lot of shared experiences. So it's values, desires. In other words, they were where you are and just a few years earlier than you, they got what you're looking for. It's timing. So they got it and they're so similar to you, that means you will have it too. And in your mind, you want to be affirming that you already have it. You know, as you know, in the manifestation community, you affirm that you have it. So when going to the wedding or the, the christening or the whatever, you want to be excited to be in that milieu because you're going to have it too. It's a part of you and your experience and you, you're going to learn about it through her, her steps and what's going on for her. So the more you can be invested in her experience of it, in her experience of it, the more that's actually going to like, in some ways, give you the experience of it, which can be releasing in a way that actually attracts it to you. Also, like at a wedding, well, the groom's family will likely have guys coming. Another big tip I give women, go to weddings alone. Do not take just some guy, you might know some, someone take a gay friend or another female friend. I love the idea. Go alone because it's all about weddings and relationships. And even if there are no other single guys there that are your age, well, there's lots of other family members that, you know, Aunt Sue, let's think about, you know, Sam, her son, my goodness. Yeah, Sam and Raven might do really, really well together. You know, that kind of thing. And Aunt Sue's all in about, you know, it's a wedding. So that kind of thing happens all the time. You get to dance and have fun. And as long as you're reveling in her experience, whether it's the children that day, whatever, it is going to energetically be very, very good for you. And they're, they're just generally very good places to meet men because the men who are going to come that are the husband's or boyfriend's friends, they're going to be like those husband's or boyfriend's. And that's really important too. Yeah, I just went to a wedding in Dallas and she, the bride, gave me a plus one and I... I was like, you know, I'll just go by myself. And I did meet someone pretty great actually there. Um, he just, you know, lives in Texas. So it doesn't really logistically add up at the moment. But mm -hmm. I agree. I think just being vulnerable, it's so hard for me to be happy for people who have that thing. And I am so privy to manifestation. I know that by embracing it and celebrating with them, it will 
propel me to a higher vibration to attract that thing. Like that's how law of attraction manifestations work. I don't know what it is. It's such a pain point for some reason, mm-hmm. which is probably some work I need to do with my therapist. But it's mm-hmm. just like, ugh, it feels like every time I see an engagement, another wedding, I'm just like, oh my God, is it ever going to be me? Why is it everybody? Why is it? Uh. Yeah, but you know, that's a concern because there's something probably in the subconscious programming there that is at play, which is, and you may want to really go deep into this and find out what was happening from birth to age seven for you, because that's when you're programmed of what love is, that you didn't get it. You saw others getting it. You didn't get it and or didn't seem to to stay. There's something there in the programming that makes it profoundly painful that other areas of your life you, you don't have it in. It does speak to how important it is that you focus on it now in terms of manifestation and doing everything in your power to put yourself in the best positions to date, meeting men, getting really clear, like the exercise we did on exactly the men so you don't waste time, and truly stepping into the state of, oh no, I'm having this. You actually have to embody the state of, oh, I have this too. It's not a fake it till you make it, it's a faith it till you make it. I like a 16-minute reel, like, it's on YouTube. Her name is Naya. She's a manifester, N-E-Y-A-H. I recommend in my programs different manifestors all the time. She does a 16-minute loop of a an affirmation by Florence Scovel Shin that I think is really wonderful. She kind of took a compilation of Florence Scovel Shin, who was a devotee of Neville Goddard, because I'm a follower of the Neville Goddard manifestation technique. And it's really beautiful because it really opens you up to the new possibility of getting everything you want. And it's it's kind of long, but it starts with The tides of destiny have turned, and everything now comes my way. The seemingly impossible can now come to pass. The unexpected now happens. It goes on. It really is powerful and opens, and you can follow her along. It's just 16 minutes, and you can do it while you're putting on your makeup in the morning. But really get it into your subconscious. The tides of destiny have turned and everything now comes my way. Because there's something probably blocking you that while your conscious is saying, oh no, I know I can get it. Your subconscious is saying, it's not here. I don't have it. It's not coming. Mm. And that you're going to have to change for your subconscious. Knowing that it is here already. It's just you going out into the world and identifying it. It's here. He's here. Yeah. It's just you going out into the world and identifying it. Yeah. Yeah. And based on our conversation, you know, I feel like apart from some minor 
tweaks, like we talked about with, you know, not necessarily leading, but giving an opportunity, things like that. I was like, you know, cross-referencing your advice. And I'm like, I'm really doing all of the right things. Like I'm putting myself out there. I'm setting myself up to be Mm -hmm. in the best position to meet this person. So yeah, it does kind of show me time to work on that subconscious thing. And you really, I think, pointed it out by saying, or really reflecting to me, because I didn't really hear, I guess, what I said, which was everybody else has this thing that I don't and I won't. So that's, I think, the missing piece maybe for me. Um, And maybe anyone else listening to this who is like, I am doing everything right. So what's up? Probably in your subconscious programming. (laughs) Yes. And there's another one I can give you that I think is really helpful too. I kind of put it together from a lot of different stuff from uh, Bob Proctor, who is big in the um, law of attraction. I'm more law of assumption, but... I put it together and I love this affirmation and I made it more not towards business and money. You can really put it towards anything. His was about business and attracting business and money. It always starts with, I'm so happy and grateful now that I am. And for you, you want to identify what is that I am that you feel if you were that, you would have what you want to have. So for you, it could be that I am releasing all feelings of doubt, urgency, and lack that inspires men who want to communicate, connect, and commit. Then you go on. This truth is clearly imaged in my conscious mind. It is effectively planted in my subconscious mind through constant spaced repetition. Therefore, it is presently moving into physical form. I am happy. I am partnered. I am married. I am a mother. It is done. And then when you do this affirmation, you want to have in your mind what is called an imaginal act. And in that imaginal act, you want to do something akin to, say you want to live in LA and you want to marry in LA and have a family there. Well, you think about the beautiful home you would have in LA and the backyard to that home. Would it have an in-ground pool and a beautiful patio and maybe a barbecue and place for the kids to play and on the grass and maybe a beautiful vista? just do a few seconds, and this is all you do, is you picture yourself going through beautiful glass like French doors, if you like that, or a big modern door, or whatever might suit your fancy, uh, old-fashioned, whatever it is. You open it up, and there you see your two little toddlers playing in the grass. Maybe you have a doggy with them, and you see that and they're by the pool. Maybe they're in the pool with your husband and you hear the laughing and he's pushing the little ducky thing, you know, with your baby inside, something like that. But I like that you see the children there, you're walking out in the morning, they're playing, 
fun. It's relaxed. It's nothing major. There's no emotional big thing happening. It's peace. It's beauty. It's fun. And then you feel the sun on your face. You feel the stone or grass underneath your feet. You maybe hear the pump of the pool. Maybe the dog is playing and you hear the barking. They're blowing bubbles and you see the bubbles. You hear the, the grill. And then your husband comes up behind you. He's behind you. And he takes you around uh, the waist. And so you see his left hand and you look down. And there's his wedding ring. And he kisses you on the cheek. And he reaches around and says, here's your coffee. Morning, beautiful. And you take it. You didn't see his face because he just kissed you here. But you have that cup and you feel that cup in your hand and you smell that coffee or if it's tea, whatever it is. And you just stand there and you see a little few more seconds of the kids playing. And maybe now he runs over and he's playing with the kids. You don't see him. You see the back of his head. Maybe he's that dark haired guy, right? But the point is, this imaginal act, when you do it, it's 20 seconds tops. You do it, you do it, you do it. It's called planting a seed. And you will do it enough. When you add in the sensory stuff, the smell of the coffee, the smell of the grass, maybe there's some chlorine in the pool, you the, the, hear the dog barking, hear the kids laughing, feel the sun on your face, taste the coffee, feel his kiss on your cheek. These sensory things add into the experience. You eventually will open your eyes after doing this. It could be two days, could be two weeks. And you know that, oh my God, that's happened. That's when you know your seed is planted. And that, when you're saying, I'm so happy and grateful now that I am, and the rest of that affirmation, you bring that picture to your mind through constant spaced repetition placed in your subconscious mind, it will manifest. Yeah, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly believe that because I've done that many times for career. Like mm -hmm. I visualize myself with whatever it was. I remember my morning show, the same, the visuals, the feeling, the same with moving to Los Angeles. Like I envision myself walking along the beach, like things like that. It's funny that I haven't done it for a relationship. Uh-huh. Um, I think maybe could have been like lack of clarity or I don't know, it could have been a million things. I never I never thought to do it for a partnership. <laughs> Great. Great. It was so funny to me, but yeah. It also might be that there's some subconscious thing about and many women are having this now where they didn't before. It's like, well, that you really, and again, subconscious, because it's not in your intellect, but is that really something to aspire to? Should you really be thinking about that more than the other things? Is that really worth your while of manifesting? It should be something concrete, your career, what you want next, blah, blah, blah. And no, why? This is the same thing. This is the beauty of life having that balance mm -hmm. so give yourself that okay to do it in this arena as well and it'll help yeah i'm excited to try it i mean 
I'll try anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. I'm so happy you did this today. I really uh, appreciate you. I know that I was on your podcast. I want to give you a chance to talk about your podcast and and maybe my episode will be coming up soon and we can do a live on Instagram or something like that when it's going to come out. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for having me on. This was so helpful. And I just feel like I feel more validated in my experiences. I feel like you've sort of relayed some things to me like, good job. Here's where you can do a little uh, tweaking. And also just the energetics, the dynamics of dating today. It's nice to have someone like yourself who's an expert in this field explain what's going on, like how things have changed from now to 20 years ago and the dynamics of men and how they're not dating as much and things like that. So it's invaluable what you've shared. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the time to sit down with you. I mean, it's an honor, honestly, because you know how much I love you. Um, Thank you. And yes, Paula, I had you on my podcast. Astro Candy is what it's called. It's rooted in spirituality, mysticism. I talk a lot about manifestation on the podcast. And I really wanted to bring in some more experts. I mean, I've stuck kind of in the spirituality space, but I wanted to bring in coaches from money, love, things like that. And so you were one of the first people on my manifestation list of podcast guests. And I was just delighted that you agreed to be on. So I got to be there for all my single ladies for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yes. Another big, this has such been, you know, we're doing this in the week between Christmas and New Year's. And it's such a hard time if you are single. Yes. It really is. And leading into a very difficult but great opportunity time because January is the month for online dating. And the Sunday following New Year's Day is the biggest online dating day of the year. More people sign up that day than any other day. So it's just a big time because think of it, there's some sense of we're more in our homes, it's colder, and January, February are, look, we go now from a great time of holiday stuff and right after New Year's Day, that's it. Nothing until Valentine's Day, which is another day marking like, oh my gosh, do you have love or not? And yeah, <laughs> yeah not a, you know, not the best day for if you don't, but there's all manner of things you can do that day as well. You're doing so much and yeah it was just a few little tweaks that i think will be helpful mindset about the abundance that is out there there are what eight billion of us now and 50 percent of us are male there's all manner of opportunities for sure and you just have to know coming my way it's on its way it's presently moving into physical form because you're taking action. Yeah, I agree. It, um, an it is done mindset. That's why I need to write those post-it notes just to keep my mind there. Sometimes, you know, it's easy to fall back into the 3D reality of it all. And mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. Live in the end, as they say. So 
Yes. And there's so much more now than ever before. It's why I give a shout out to people like Dylan James, Sylvia Nuccio, Naya, uh, Simply Create with L. I feel very good about them. And they're all authentic and they're all different in their way and can uh, be so supportive on those off times because we can actually have through our phone a coach in our ear at any time. And when we're feeling down, we can get lifted up through their stuff. like to think I'm a small part of them, doing it just a little bit differently so that I also keep women on track with, well, let's do what's going to have the best possibility for the man to see you as the one. And then if you want to be that one as well, Mm -hmm. and you will be, you will be there in no time. Thank you. Well, thanks to you. Yeah. Oh, thanks. They have a ring by 2024, December. (laughs) There you go. And, you know, I like the one word movement too. It's that you pick one word that is going to be your overriding kind of driver or pursuit or uh, feeling anything that rings true to you. Like I'm working with a client now this year, she's decided her word is boundaries because she needs that in her relationship. It's the one thing that if you focused on everything else would likely fall into place. For some people, it's like organization, uh, discipline. I have one. Oh, you do? I do. That's so funny. I didn't know what it was called, but every year I do a master goals list. And at the top, it's my word for the year with some subwords, with all the goals and all the categories of my life. But this year, and I think this will be pretty spot on, even in the love category, is <laughs> perseverance. You know, not giving up. I think that's been such a theme in my last couple months that's carrying over to 2024. It's like, just keep going, Raven. Like it will pay off. You have to persevere. You have to get, you have to go through the weeds a little bit to get the something about the forest and the trees. I don't know, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you may want to even think about it to something along that line, but just a tweak more positive, which would be, I don't know if there is a word prevalence, but you're prevailing. Mm. Oh, that's good. Because yeah. that's the that's the key. You're prevailing. Because what is perseverance? You're prevailing. And anything that you put after, and this is in, if anybody uh, likes the Bible and believes that anything you put after the words I am, you become. And I am prevailing. I am courageous. I am whatever. It's suddenly, when you say it, you're almost tweaking your subconscious mind mm-hmm. to be it. Yeah. Yes, it's one word, but you put the I am in front of it. And that can be also really helpful. Anything that is going to uh, support the desire that you have, it's in you. It's going to manifest. It just is. We have no control over the time. But here's one you may like as well that I use a lot. I use it almost um, every single program call. We begin with, there is no urgency, worry, lack, or need. I am divinely present and exactly where I need to be. 
That's powerful and a good reminder because it's true. It's so true, and it just it just uh, centers us to the moment, mm-hmm. and it's just very calming. It makes you take a breath, and so anytime I get tweaked, I say that, and it helps. Yeah, that's a good one. You're gonna have to write write these down, <laughs> email them to me. <laughs> well, you'll hear them. You'll be hearing them. You know, we'll we'll have this up fairly soon because in the 8020 club, we try to get them up really, really fast in the club. And then it will be up in the club, but it will be out publicly after hours it goes up on Astro Candy. Okay. So I'm looking okay. forward to that. I, t- I told all my single friends that you're going to be on and oh, they are cool. annoyed that they have to wait until February, but Aww. I was like, it'll be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell them to follow me on Instagram and say hello. And anybody who comes on and is a follower now, they will get a free month's membership in the 8020 Wonder Club. And then they get to hear all 150 episodes that are out already. Okay, I'll tell them. Just follow me and say, yes, I want the club, and I'll do that. Mm-hmm. That's very kind. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful to talk to you. Thank you again. And I know you're going to do well, so go out there and prevail. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I love that reframe. I will change it on my Word doc. And thank you again for having me. I appreciate you. All right. Bye now. Well, that was super fun. I really like talking about dating in this way. I rarely get to do that. And I do have so many women in the one love online to never-ending love. Seven Simple Steps to Digital Dating Success course. And if you don't have it, I hope you will get it, especially this time of year. It is a game changer for online dating. When you get these really simple, but I say a little bit counterintuitive techniques and approaches, it changes everything and it makes it formulaic You don't get as wrapped up in certain things that aren't going to mean anything later because you meet a guy and then that's it and you don't really want to date him or aren't interested. I like women not wasting their time. It's one of the most valuable resources we all have. I was listening to a motivational speaker the other day and I think he said something crazy like he said, When people ask me how I am, I say, I'm dying. So I got to stay busy, be busy, and get the most out of life. But he just, it's true. That's a truism. We all are. And we only have a certain amount of time. And you don't want to be wasting your time. So you want to meet really good possibilities and candidates who are at least going to be great dates. They may not be the one, but you will feel good and that you made a good choice, that you know it's a good choice, and that if that happened, then you know other good ones will follow. But with each negative date, you can tend to think, because it's a negativity bias, that oh, they're all going to be like this. That's not good thinking because statistically it's not true. And if you think that way, 
it will be true. And that's what we're talking about with manifestation. You cannot think about it in those terms or it will be the case. So get the One Love dating course. It's very low price now. You get a full coaching intensive experience with me anytime during the lifetime you're owning the course. And again, those concepts and the simple approaches and methods, the texting templates in there will be so helpful to you going forward. Certainly now while you're in it, you'll always have them. And then you get to talk to me with any questions, concerns, needing clarification on anything at all. And we'll have that coaching intensive. So do it, do it this year, pick out that one word. I love Ravens, which is uh, hers was perseverance. I think of prevailing, all of them are good. If you keep it in your mind and keep reinforcing it with constant spaced repetition, that's how we learn. It's how our subconscious learns and how we override not so positive programming in our subconscious with positive programming. That's what we're all about here. We are about doing what works with men as much as manifesting, but the two hand in hand are huge and work. So with that, get the One Love Dating course. And also don't forget with any man in your life, which the course will reinforce, you got to make him wonder.